Welcome to Table Flippers Podcast, Ministry of Greater Worship Christian Church here in Lancaster, California. I am your host, Apostle Robert Enos. Here we will talk about doctrine and theology, politics, social and cultural issues, and how the church is to respond and face these issues. Get ready for a large dose of truth and get ready to have your tables flipped. As a friend just told me recently, Table Flippers is flipping awesome. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. It's good to be back with you for another exciting episode of Table Flippers Podcast. I am your host, Robert Venus, Apostle of Greater Worship Christian Church here in Lancaster. You know, we've been talking about uh, end-time theology, and actually that's a wrong way of saying it. It's not theology. The word theology uh, it comes from two words, theos, which is God, and Logos, which is the study of, or the word of, or the um, discussion of. <clears throat> so theology would actually be the study of God, researching God, studying God. So when we say end-time theology, it's just because that's what we have, uh, or at least I have heard and learned to say, but it's really eschatology, which speaks about end-time and the study there of end-time. We could say something like end-time Doctrine. Doctrine means teaching. So it can be that because it is a teaching. I, in my opinion, believe that what is being taught in most churches today is false doctrine, but nonetheless it's doctrine because it's being taught. It's being discussed. So I just wanted to clarify that a little bit because I know I say end-time theology, and that's not really what it is. And I'm trying to retrain myself to get in there and just say end-time doctrine because even if I say eschatology, a lot of people just don't even understand what that means. Eschatology, what is that? Well, it's the study of the end time. Um, I've been really kind of hammering it, but there's a reason why. One, it's, it's a false doctrine. And any false doctrine needs to be hammered in the church of God. I mean, it, it, we need to face it honestly and really be, uh, again, that word honest about it. Let's face it. It's a false doctrine because we're still here. What do I mean by that? I'm 56 years old, and as long as I can remember, so at least 50 years, I've been hearing that Jesus is coming back any minute now. I've been hearing that Antichrist is going to show up on the scene and really wreak havoc on God's people. I've been hearing about a seven-year tribulation. I've been hearing about all of these things, and none of it has happened. And every time somebody comes out and says, well, it's going to be this year, or it's going to be on this date, or it's going to be around this time, they have failed in every one of their predictions. And again, the sad thing about it is we keep listening to them. We keep tuning into their programs. We keep going to their churches. We keep buying their materials. We, kept, we keep going to those seminars. And why? Why are we going to spending all this time, effort, energy, and money and all of our resources to support a mindset or a doctrine that has been proven over and over and over again to be false? And there's and it's beyond that. Well, well, somebody's gonna be right at some time. Yeah, you keep you keep making the same prediction. At some point, you're going to be right. But until then, it's a false prediction after false prediction after false prediction. That tells you that the people making these predictions are false teachers 
and false prophets, false teachers and false prophets. But because these are our favorite guys and we bought into this hook, line, and sinker, we don't want to face the obvious and we don't want to face it honestly. It was really sad to me. My wife and I was doing some prophetic ministry just not too long ago. And part of the prophetic ministry, I, I, I um, remember giving this, she was an older woman, uh, a word about how she was going to leave behind her a great legacy that she should be writing. She should be putting uh, things in uh, you know, pamphlets and articles and books and things of this nature because God wanted her to leave. She had great wisdom, but God wanted her to leave a legacy behind her. Now, mind you, this was a, a little bit older lady. Um, I don't know how old she was. I didn't ask. I've learned that lesson the hard way. But she corrected me. And I'm not a beyond correction. She corrected me. She goes, I agree with everything you said except. And then she went on to explain how she, she uh, said that the Lord told her that she was not going to die but she was going to be caught up in the rapture, that Jesus was coming back uh, soon enough that she wouldn't face death, that she would be caught up in the rapture. And everything in me kind of crumbled because I couldn't tell you how many times I've heard that from people that I've I've known, people I went to church with, or uh, kind of semi-big-name preachers. And, And the people I'm talking about are no longer here, but we are. And they missed it. They missed it really big. And a lot of people say, well, you know, cut them some slack. They, they're, they're, they're gone. They passed away. I, I understand that. And I do cut that person some slack. But I don't, I don't cut that mentality any slack. Because what does it do? It inoculates people. So, so uh, I'll get back to this woman. Now, I don't know her really. This was just a ministry we did. It was really brief. It was really quick. But I've seen this so many times in people, especially the elderly, I remember years ago it being in church and one of our elders, and when I say elders, he was not only the elder of the church in a position, he was an older gentleman. And he stood up and with tears, it was, it was I mean, he was crying, he was weeping, and he was begging people in the church, mind you. He was begging people in the church to get right with Jesus because, because he said God spoke to him and told him that the uh, rapture was going to come really, really soon, that again, he would not die, but he would go up in the rapture. And he was begging people literally in tears to get right with God. Um, And I think I mentioned in the church. See, I have a huge problem with that. Number one, well, he passed away. So whatever voice he heard, whatever spirit visited him it wasn't god but out of a fear of death he heard this and accepted some false spirit as if it was god that's extremely dangerous and we have a lot of ministers and ministries and just people in the church that have done that over and over and over and over again because they don't want to die they don't want to face death they're afraid of death and so they they will hear this or make it up. And I'm not saying they're not genuine. They, I don't think they realize that they made it up, but they will make it up or hear a false spirit and put it out there on display as if it's God and as if what they heard was true and real because it's all based in this false doctrine that we've all, when I say we've bought into it, I'm not talking about you and me personally. I certainly haven't. But so many of us have bought into. And it just propagates this, this wicked, it's wickedness in the church. 
So here's this, in this case, this gentleman, and, and now just recently, this woman. Now, again, I don't know what she's doing. Maybe she's just doing exactly what she's supposed to be doing. Praise God. I hope that's the case. But what I've seen often, like I said, here's this gentleman, loved the guy, beautiful guy, wonderful, solid in every way, except for this. He's begging the church, the people in the church, to get right with Jesus so they don't miss the rapture. Well, how come he's not on the street corner doing that, if he really believed that? How come he's not in the mall? How come he's not in places where the people that have gathered don't know Jesus? To, to keep pushing that message inside the church, honestly, is foolishness. I know, I know, not everybody in the church is right with Jesus. I understand that. But you're far more likely to be right with Jesus if you go to church every week than the people that don't go to church at all. And if we really have that strong desire, we really believe that Jesus is coming back any minute, why are we standing in the church house pushing this narrative instead of other places? Go into the hospital and tell everybody that literally may not be here tomorrow. Go into the mall. Go into the uh, um, ball games or into the stadiums where people have gathered that maybe don't know Jesus and start telling them this stuff if you really believe it. See, I'll be honest with you. I'll be really honest with you. And this is where I ask people to be honest with themselves. Deep down, honestly, deep down, I don't think most of the people that push this doctrine really believe it. Let me tell you why. I worked with a gentleman, uh, this goes back probably uh, 25 years or more, but I worked with a gentleman that was a big end time uh, doctrine guy. You know, the world's coming to an end, Antichrist is coming, rapture is coming, Jesus is coming, all of this stuff. And he would just push it, push it, push it, push it. And he really got under the belief that Jesus was gonna come by a certain date. And so I, I challenged him, I said, you really believe this? Yeah, I really believe this. This is going to happen. I said, 100%, 100%. I said, I'll tell you what. Then why don't you sign your house and your car and your bank account over to me? He says, what? Aren't you a believer? I go, I am a believer. He goes, well, then you're going too. What are you going to use it for? I said, I don't, I don't think this is true. But either way, if it is true and we both go together, no harm, no foul. You know, um, but I feel like I'm going to be here. So why don't you just sign everything over to me? Well, I still need it until then. I, okay, let's put a date on it. If you believe God's going to come by, say, you know, October, and I'm just making this up right now, but by October 2023, sign everything over to me that it goes into my name and my possession November 2023. Or really put your money where your mouth is. If you really think that this stuff is really that real and that true, ladies and gentlemen, why are many of you planning for a future then that you'll never have? I, I remember when I was young, I didn't plan for my future because I didn't think I'd have one. I honestly didn't think I'd have one. I wouldn't be around long enough. And I was, I was a good little Christian boy, and I'm thinking, I haven't experienced life. I haven't done anything. I'm just going to be raptured out of here before I, before I have a girlfriend, before I you know, go traveling, before I do anything. So why plan for a future I'm not going to have? And so bad was it that even in high school, I remember arguing with my mom and dad. Why do I need to graduate? I don't need to graduate. I don't want to graduate. I just want to go have a little fun. 
Jesus is coming back. You guys keep telling me this. The people at the church keep telling me this. I've heard this all my life. He's coming back any second. I don't have a future. Why am I preparing? Why am I going to school? I won't need this, this document. I won't need this uh, um, piece of paper. Why am I going to school? Why would I want to go to college? Why would I want to worry about or work on getting a good job? Let me just, let me just go enjoy the little bit of time I have left here. And I remember such a strain on my relationship with my mom and dad over this nonsense. And guess what? Well, that was like when I was in high school. So that was in the, in the early 80s. I graduated in 1984. I'm 56 years old and I'm still here. And it frustrates me and it angers me thinking back on how many times I've heard that over my life. And I know that I was not the only one that didn't prepare for a future that I didn't think I would have. That many people in my generation, literally, we heard it so much growing up in the church. We heard it so much that many of us didn't even bother planning for a future. You see, that's what false doctrine does. It takes you away from your God-designed destiny. It takes you away from God. It takes you away from the, the, the plan that he has for your life. I'm not saying I completely missed it, but I had to play many years of catch-up when I realized, wait a minute, I'm still here and I still will be here and I had to play catch up. I shouldn't have ever had to play catch up, but I did. And many are in the same boat or have been in the same boat due to this false doctrine that has been pushed on us and shoved on us. This kind of nonsense has to stop. We need to prepare every generation to go out and take nations for Christ. Now, this gets me to some other things. Lately, I've been hearing a lot about the emerging remnant church. And it isn't always uh, said in that way or described in exactly that way, but basically a remnant, a remnant of the all those who claim to be Christians, claim to be uh, followers of Christ. There's a remnant that's the healthy, the whole, the true church. And in many ways, I, I don't have a problem with this. I agree with this. But when I study many of these um the ideas and ideology of the ones pushing this remnant mindset. We're the remnant. We're part of the remnant. We're the ones with the, with the true message, the, the true Christians. And again, I don't have any problem with the concept of it, but let's, let's, let's think about this for just a minute. Let's, let's stand back and look at the big picture. The concept of a remnant, and this goes all the way back to Old Testament and the people of Israel. There is Often when Israel got into depravity, uh, there was this small group of people within the nation uh, that stayed true to the word of God, stayed true to God. They were the remnant. Everybody else was all in idolatry, uh, adultery, messing around, doing all kinds of crazy things. But this small group of people refused all that and they stayed true to the word of God. So what they, how they lived was different than everybody else. What uh, what they did was different. What they said was different. The doctrines that they lived their life by were different. Now let's bump this up to the modern church era and this remnant uh, mentality. There's many that are saying we're, we're part of the remnant. This is the remnant. Uh, there's a remnant. And yet when you look at them, they're still saying the same thing as everybody else is saying, and especially in eschatology, in this end-time doctrine, they're teaching the same things that led to the weakness 
of the majority in the first place. Let me tell you what I mean. When you convince the, the church, let's say in America, the, the church in America overall, maybe not every Christian, but enough of us that it's a problem. You convince the overall church in America that Jesus is coming back any minute. Um, we're going to be raptured out of here. There's a seven-year tribulation. There, you know, pre-trib, post-trib, mid-trib, this trib, that trib, and you and you push this on them to the point that they no longer feel like there's much uh, that they should be doing because what the heck? Jesus is coming back. It's all over. Let's just get out of here. So they kind of put their life on hold for the most part. They don't do much. Maybe go to church, but they don't do much because they're convinced Jesus is coming back any minute. So the very doctrine that kind of weakened the church and brought the church to a place where they're no longer working, no longer moving, no longer pressing forward. If the so-called remnant teaches the same thing and adheres to the same thing and lives their life based upon the same thing, are they really the remnant? Well, the obvious answer is, of course not. Of course not. They have just convinced themselves they are. They've just convinced themselves that they are doing something bigger or better. And the reality of it is, they're not. The remnant of today is even smaller than what most people think. Because the remnant of today are those believers that are still holding on to uh, a dominion mindset that are still saying, let's go take nations in the name of Jesus. Let's go take nations. Let's, let's truly fulfill the great commission where we not just make converts in nations, but we, but we uh, make disciples of nations and we baptize them or engulf them in everything that the Father is, everything that Jesus is, everything the Holy Spirit is. See, that's the real remnant of today. Not the group of people that think Jesus is coming back any minute, so let's hit the streets and get as many people to say the sinner's prayer as possible before Jesus comes back. That's not the remnant. That's not remnant mentality at all. I know many of you think it is. It is not. The remnant is saying that's not enough because Jesus didn't tell us to make converts. He told us to disciple nations. And so they have it in their heart and they have it in their mind to do that. And they, they say, if Jesus comes back before I'm finished, praise God, I'm going home. But I am not going to be found sitting around uh, either doing nothing or doing the wrong thing. I'm going to be found making disciples of nations. That's the remnant. And that's why I say it's even smaller than what many people think of the remnant. But the real remnant is dominion driven. I'm going to say that again. The real, the true remnant of today is dominion driven driven and they're not getting caught up in the pre-trib post-trib mid-trib this trib that trib all trib no trib they're not getting caught up in who the the antichrist is where he's going to come from why he's coming they're, they don't get caught up in that why because they're looking at the bible just exactly for what the bible says not the opinions of man and they're followers of jesus and they take the great commission very very, very seriously, where they're about making disciples of nations, not converts in the nations. And if that's your mindset, ladies and gentlemen, if, you're, if your mindset is about making converts in the nations, your own or other nations, I'm sorry, 
you're not doing what God has asked us to do. You're not following the Holy Spirit. You're not following the scriptures. You're not following the spirit of Christ. What Jesus told us to do was make disciples of nations. And I don't see a lot of that happening right now. As a matter of fact, I see way too many pastors and preachers and Christians caught up in so much fear that they're afraid to go to the nations. As a matter of fact, I remember somebody telling me one time that they they would never travel to another nation because what if Antichrist showed up or what if some of these major end time events happened while they were in another nation away from their loved ones. So this person was too afraid to go travel because they might be separated from their loved ones if Antichrist showed up. I want you to think about that for just a moment. If that doesn't prove what I have been saying, if that doesn't shine a light on the absurdity of this eschatology as it's being taught, if that doesn't open your eyes and wake you up, I don't know what else will. That's just how silly that doctrine is. And that's what it creates. That's the fruit of that doctrine. And as I've said before, It's all false doctrine, and you don't have to look any further than this one truth found in Scripture. God has not given us a spirit of fear. God has not given us a spirit of fear. So anything that creates that kind of fear in the hearts of God's people is a false doctrine. I don't know why this is so difficult for Christians to understand. Why is it that we have bought into this lie so much and held on to it so strongly that we refuse to let go, even though it's failed us over and over and over and over and over and over again? And I could throw in a few more overs there, but hey, you know, we're on the clock. So my point on all of this is I don't really want to stop hammering this until people start waking up. And honestly, I refuse to be like the, the generation that has to die off in the wilderness so the next generation rises up in strength. But if that's going to be me, I'll be Caleb. I'll be Caleb. And when the next generation rises up, I might be 100 years old. I might be 80 years old. But I'm going to look God in the eye and I say, give me my mountain. Give me my mountain. I did not sit around waiting for that my generation to die off for nothing. Give me my mountain. So um, those of you who uh, want to be part of the true remnant, start focusing your heart and your mind and your doctrine on taking nations, on discipling nations. Get away from just merely, you know, scrambling around and please don't misunderstand me. Get people saved, of course. But once they're converted, once they've come to Christ, don't leave them in that state. Disciple them. Go the full the full mile. Go with them and disciple them. Don't just leave people on the, come on, think about this. How many, how many um, people do you know or churches do you know that send teams out on the streets to uh, witness and do evangelism? And again, I'm not even opposed to that. That's not the part that I'm opposed to. Now, if you're honest with you, think, uh, think about this. Those churches that you know of, that they send out a team of, I don't know, five people, 10 people, 100 people, whatever it might be, every week or once a month, whatever, and they come back with the testimonies, oh, 10 people gave their heart to the Lord, five people, 20 people, whatever it is, whatever number it is, ask yourself this question, is that church growing? Because if they went out and say, got 10 people to say the sinner's prayer out on the street, 
then 10 people should be in those pews. 10 new people should be in those pews come Sunday morning. If not, they are failing to do what God has asked us to do. Now, take it a step further. Those people that made that decision for Christ on Saturday on the streets, you come across them again in six months or a year. Hey, let me tell you about Jesus. No, no, it's okay. I tried Jesus. It didn't work. I couldn't tell you how many times I've heard that or something very similar. I tried Jesus. I tried Jesus. And that's all they really know because somebody came out there, led them in a sinner's prayer, prayed with them. They high-fived them, took some pictures together, and that was it. Those people were never to be found again. If that's you, if that's your church, stop. Stop it right now. Don't you tell another person about Jesus until you figure out how to disciple them when they do come to Jesus. And if you're not willing to do that, go sit in in your pew. Go sit in your pew because it all stinks. Go sit in your pew and, and, and let somebody else rise up who will not only lead them to Christ, but disciple them in the name of Jesus as well. That, my friends, is true end time doctrine. Getting the nations discipled. So what are we going to do? Are we going to keep spinning our wheels and keep following after something that's failed over, over, over again? Or are we going to take a deep breath face this honestly, reevaluate and change what we're doing so that we look a lot more like Jesus, sound a lot more like Jesus. In other words, are we going to go out and disciple nations? Are we going to disciple nations? If not, I don't know that there's anything else to do. So let's, let's get busy discipling nations. Let's support those who do. Let's stop listening to those who are just uh, um, weakening the church. Let's start speaking to those or listening to those who are speaking dominion and are strengthening the church. Hello, fellow Table Flippers. I have some exciting news. Table Flippers is now selling merchandise. Table flipping merchandise. You can find our merchandise at tableflipperspodcast.com, tableflipperspodcast.com. And if you put freedom in the promo code area, you'll get 10% off. That's exciting news. Freedom, because that's what we're all about. Freedom as the promo code. So I hope to see you soon, and I hope that you get some of this exciting uh, merchandise so that we can all look cool together. We will be flipping awesome. Thank you for joining us at Table Flippers Podcast. I'd really love to hear from you. Please look us up on the web at www.gwcclancaster.org. That's gwcclancaster.org. Or you can email me at gwccrobert at gmail.com. I'd really love to hear from you. Please let us know how we're doing. Keep all those comments coming. Until next time, you all have a great and a blessed day. Mm